Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This episode of the Power Ranking Show is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and the easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games that are available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts, and that, of course, of course, is the uh, voice of at Marcus underscore Mosher. This is the Power Rankings podcast, aka the Power Ranking Show. And one of my favorite things of our podcast is when you're reading that ad, as you get into it, there's that little part of the keyboard solo where the guy's so really good. going off, and he's like, he's probably double doing like the double keyboard rap, oh, yeah. and your yeah. voice can't quite get over it. I, it's I so really. Good. My brother asked me this question or he mentioned it to me. He's like, do you think when the guy was doing the music for Tecmo Super Bowl that he like went to the makers of the game and said, oh, man, guys, I've got something hot here. I've got something that cooks, you know? Yeah, oh, yeah just like a, yeah. a 30 second long keyboard solo. It's so great. Yeah, that reminds me of I uh, remember in Back to the Future when Michael J. Fox starts playing for the high school band and the guy's mm-hmm. like, man, play something that really cooks. That's like one of the best parts of that entire movie. I just watched that the other day. There, there you go. There's there you a go. note that you really didn't need to know. Uh, I'll tell you a few notes that you do need to know. Uh, Marcus and I were talking and we really did not want to do another business of pro football podcast because like three of our last four have been the business of pro football. So no salary talk really today maybe a, just a tiny hint but uh marcus wanted to do his top eight headlines of uh so far in training camp storylines that are overarching uh we will have one that's uh we've touched on a little bit but uh i i thought it was interesting uh, number three here we're going to get to that one but let's start with your first one got the kansas city chiefs defending super bowl champs i still think 80 percent of people out there don't remember that the chiefs won the super bowl yeah. in february but let's get to it Yeah, if this was any other team, this would be among the biggest storylines in the NFL because the Kansas City Chiefs have one of the worst wide receiver rooms in the NFL right now. And that was before Kadarius Toney had a knee surgery. I have no idea who's going to be the number one, number two, and number three receiver in this offense. It could be Rashi Rice, a second-round pick from this year. It could be Sky Moore, a second-round pick from last year that did basically nothing. It could be Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who was shut out in the Super Bowl. I'm just really curious to see what's going to happen with this wide receiver room. And so far in camp, looks like Kansas City still doesn't know what's going on. Now, if you listen to our podcast yesterday, we talked about Tyreek Hill going to Miami and how much did that really affect Kansas City. You know, it's one thing to have arguably the third best wide receiver or second best, however you look at him, certainly top five, leave a team and they still have some pretty good wide receivers there. So you're like, we'll be okay. But In this case, 
I mean, without Tony, they're really up the creek. And, you know, Tony didn't exactly make this huge impact. I remember he had a touchdown against Jacksonville yep. in the regular season when they really needed it. He had the big return against Philadelphia in the Super Bowl. But it's not like Tony was a star player for this no. team last year. Uh, did you think that that was going to be the case this year? How, how big a role did you see Tony playing? Do you think he was going to be a thousand yard receiver? No, because he's really never been that. He's been he struggled to stay healthy back in high school and college and now the NFL. It's just with them not bringing back Juju Smith-Schuster, who had just under a thousand yards for them, they really don't have very many proven options. And yes, it's Andy Reid, it's Patrick Mahomes. They still have Travis Kelsey. They'll figure it out. But man, that's a big question mark going into the, an AFC that looks like it could be as strong as ever. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you there. I mean, the AFC West, they're certainly going to get a push from the Chargers, and I, I think the rest of the division's going to be a little bit better. Let's go over to the NFC West. You've got the 49ers here. Uh, this, to me, is a big one and could be higher up on the list. Yeah, so Brock Purdy avoided the PUP list, uh, which means that he can practice, and he has been practicing as the team's starting quarterback. But by all accounts, he's looked really bad. But Trey Lance has looked worse. Uh, Trey Lance is running with a third team. He's struggling to even get like second team reps right now. I guess Sam Darnold has been pretty sharp. This is a Super Bowl caliber team that might not have a starting quarterback right now. A little scary. This one really bothers me on multiple levels. Number one, Brock Purdy originally, they thought he would be out to what? Late November. That's yeah. what it originally was. You start rushing back from things like this. I don't care if it looks healthy to a doctor. If you don't feel confident in it, you start changing your mechanics. It's almost like, think of it, we can compare this to household thing. You're doing chores around the house. You hit your pinky on the uh, couch, your pinky toe. We do it all the time, okay? You start adjusting the way you walk, don't you? You do. Mm -hmm. You don't even realize that you're doing it, but you are. Well, when you're an athlete and you start adjusting the way that you're doing things and your mechanics are off, you're going to struggle, and it can open you up to further injury. I would have really liked the 49ers to be more conservative. As far as Trey Lance, I mean, how complex are the things that they're trying to do with him? Because when I've seen Trey Lance play, uh, I don't want to say it's been vanilla. I don't, I, you know, I wouldn't put it that way. But I Simple. mean, it, yes, I mean, isn't there a a point where you, you run the plays that the quarterback's comfortable with? And go with that. Now, maybe they're trying to figure out what he's comfortable with. He's still a really young player, but so is Brock Purdy. Yeah, and, um, and I, I don't want to ahead. overreact to a couple highlights on Twitter because that's just not fair, right? Practice is so much more than one or two plays. But I did see a drill uh, that one of the 49ers beat reporters were showing where basically you have your quarterback running through the ladder, like kind of chopping the feet through the ladder. Yes. Then they just make a, a simple 10-yard throw to a, an assistant coach standing there. And Trey Lance missed it so bad that the assistant coach couldn't even reach up and get a hand on the ball. That, that's what I'm talking about. When you're doing things that are uh, vanilla was the wrong word. Simple was the right word. It, it just makes you con uh, a little bit concerned if you're a 49ers fan, because he just has not shown it on the field. And then you, I start to think more, not uh, on the player, but the organization, does the organization need to make it easier? Some players respond so well to not having uh you know, too much complexity. And and if you, I'm not even insulting Trey Lance, like some players, how do I put this? They're, they're very good with complexity. And when you make things uh, a little bit too simple, they can struggle. And then other players, when you make things simple and they're not having to think too much, they're actually much better. 
Um, I've seen this a lot with defenses in particular. Sometimes complex defenses do really well. Sometimes when you bear it down and play more base, defenses play better. And so with Trey Lance, I really wonder what the coaching staff is going to do to make it so that he has an environment in which he can succeed. Even that, even if the play calling or whatever is not the same as the other quarterbacks uh, on the roster. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Yes. Last thing on Lance before we move on. I would love for the 49ers in the preseason to just give him an entire game to to play. This is somebody who has not played a lot, Elliot. I'm looking at his college numbers right now. From 2018 to 2020, he threw a combined 318 passes. He's thrown like 32 career NFL passes. So you're at less than 350 passes over the last five years of playing quarterback. That's nothing. Like he just needs as many reps as possible. I've seen some really smart, smart football players talk about how sometimes making things simple just makes it easier for them to excel. It has nothing. I'm not talking about IQ level here. I'm just talking about to where when you're on the field, it's all muscle memory. Uh, You know, obviously we talk about the Cowboys a lot. Two things here. Tony Romo. Remember when they gave him a full preseason game against Seattle? In 2006, Mm -hmm. I thought that was a big deal at the time. Secondly, going to another Cowboys note here, in the 90s, they ran about four running plays, and they ran the lead draw about 50% of the time. Now, Emmitt Smith and Moose Johnson were extremely, extremely smart football players. But, you know, sometimes just making things a little bit easier, but you're talking about a simple drill and not being accurate. Of course, this is all major overreaction because, as you said, we're (laughs) it's early in camp. I hope Trey Lance... uh, uh, gets the mechanics right and gets things going because they, they gave up a lot for him and he has a lot of potential. I'm rooting mm-hmm. for him. All right, let's move on to the next one. It's the Green Bay Packers. Now, the biggest story for the Packers is obviously Jordan Love and his development. We're going into year, but this is year four now for mm-hmm. Jordan Love, right? I want to know how he's developing. However, Green Bay is a very unique situation. They're the only team in the NFL that does not hold open practices where fans can go in and watch and their beat reporters are restricted to what they can tweet out and what they can say about practice. So you basically get only snippets of practice from the team media. I'm I'm just trying to give you the, the full scope here because we've heard nothing about how he's looked nothing. And I don't know if that's good or bad, but I want to see, like, I want to hear some kind of news like, Hey, Jordan love looks much more confident. He's throwing with accuracy. We just haven't gotten nothing from, from Green Bay. You know how stupid I think that is. That's <laughs> so dumb. Yep. Just open up your practices. I mean, these aren't state secrets, okay? Yep. Oh, I could have really, really gone somewhere but, with that. But, but like we have other teams know? that have every single practice is open to the it's public. So they love dumb. having the fans there. This is a fan. I mean, I know. The it's NFL so, is a business, right? Like, oh, my gosh. No, but guys, this off-tackle play that we're going to run in shells is so exotic. It's exotic. Yeah. We don't want other teams to see it. Sorry. I just so wanted to dumb. use exotic it's one so more time. Dumb. It is dumb. Let's go to the Jets. I'm already frustrated with that story. Yeah, so obviously the story here is Aaron Rodgers. So we can talk about how he's fitting into this offense and all that kind of stuff. I- For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. 
Granger, for the ones who get it done. That, to me, is almost secondary to what he did last week, which is take a big, big, big pay cut, mm-hmm. $35 million. The other thing that was most interesting about that is basically Rodgers said, hey, this is a multi-year thing for me with the Jets. I'm not going to be one and done here. I took a pay cut over two years so we can bring in more talent. Now I want to know, who did he make this pay cut for? Because you know there's somebody in mind that Aaron Rodgers took this pay cut for. He's the, He didn't do it just to to do a favor for the Jets. There's clearly somebody he wants to be on this team. So $35 million over two years. That's the pay cut. That's mm-hmm. what you said, correct? Okay. Yep. That's 17 and a half a year. Uh, that's a substantial amount of savings. Yep. Yeah, you're not just doing it for uh, uh, fiscal viability. And bring, yeah, and bring guys up off, you know, off the yeah. street. Like, you're doing this for a A- minus to B-plus player, right? I just really hope that it's my old colleague, James Jones, and he'll bring the hoodie under the helmet back. Oh, Remember the hoodie? So- of course. Uh, oh, come on. Come on. That's yeah. sweet. Yeah, but that's the the savings for the Jets and the opportunity they're in. Just one thing, though. You never know when the body is is going to to break down. And Brett Favre, got, they got two years out of him in Minnesota. He was 39 when he got there. He turned 40. Uh, Brett Favre's first year in Minnesota. I, that's exactly where Aaron Rodgers is. It's amazing, by the way, how much these guys' careers have mirrored each other. Um, uh, Joe Montana went to the Chiefs late in the career. He want, wanted to play there a while. He could play two years, and then he was done, Marcus. He was starting to miss time. So when Aaron Rodgers says multiple years, I, I, I think it's more closer to two than, say, four. I, I would agree. You know, like it's not Peyton a one-year rental. I think you're... I think in Aaron Rodgers' head, it's I'm not here for one year and then moving on. Seems like he's here for at least the next couple of years. Yeah, we'll see how that works out. Okay, so next up are the uh, Miami Dolphins, and this is this is kind of one of the unfortunate stories. It, we, me out. Th- it just stinks. You, you hate to see these kind of things at camp, but go ahead. Yeah, so Jalen Ramsey hurt his meniscus uh, in one of the first padded practice, just collided knees with Tyreek Hill. He had the full surgery, which puts him out until at least December. I thought a chance, I thought Miami had a chance to have one of the best defenses in the league, and I still think they can, but how do they overcome the loss of Ramsey, who, you know, they gave up a pretty decent pick and a lot of money to get him this offseason? How do they overcome that in the secondary? Man. I, you know, well, I don't think you, well, you don't, you don't get a player like that. You, you what you're saying is it, you mitigate it. That's what yeah. you do. And often yeah. it's, it's a team of players that you do it with and it's changing up your scheme. If it's playing more certain kinds of zone coverage that you feel like your other guys are comfortable with going back to the story before, do you make uh, a lot of what you're doing in the secondary simpler so mm-hmm. that the players that you're putting out there that are second and third year players uh, it's just easier for them and they're not having to think as much. Um, you know, I don't know, but I'll say this. You imagine Jalen Ramsey covering Tyreek Hill in practice. Wouldn't it be just a lot the fun? level of innate talent there. Um, you know, you, you're, these guys are so competitive, but you have to think that, you know, a wide receiver after that happens is going to be like, oh man, because they know how much this hurts their team yeah. to not have Ramsey out there, no matter how competitive you are in practice. Uh, that's a that's a tough spot to be in, but uh, let's let's go to the Bucks because this is the one I said at the top of the podcast. I was surprised to see the third team here. Well, so it, it, it surprised me because going into training camp, 
we just assumed that this was Baker Mayfield's job and that there was no competition. And the reason I thought that is the Bucs had a meaningless week 18 game last year. They already clinched the division. They knew they were going to play the Cowboys in the first round of the playoffs. And instead of playing Kyle Trask, like in the second half of that game, they played Blaine Gabbert, who was like a 32-year-old backup. Kyle Trask was a second-round pick who was yet to play in an NFL game. And Tampa Bay is like, you know what? We're good. We don't need to, we don't need to get Trask on the field. I thought that just told me everything about where Kyle Trask was in his development. However, it seems like right now, through a couple of weeks of camp, Kyle Trask and Baker Mayfield have been pretty close. And I don't know if that says more about Trask, that he looks more like an NFL quarterback, or if it says more about Baker. But it feels like we have an actual quarterback competition here. Well, in in Baker's defense on this, because this this looks bad for Baker Mayfield, Kyle Trask has been in the building longer, you know, and he, he knows what they're trying to do. He knows the guys that they're working with. This stuff does matter. I mean, it's, again, just using real life, you know, when you go into your job, your first couple of weeks there, you're feeling everything out. You don't even know where the break room is, right? And all those kind of things serve to make you more comfortable. And so I, you could put that, you know, for Trask. But for Baker, I think, and, and I, I'm speculating here wildly, but I think Marcus, what he's got to get back to is how to replicate the hyper focus that he's able to put in in small amounts and then be able to pace himself and be able to do that for a full season. Because we saw what he was capable of doing when he got on a plane, played the Raiders on what Thursday night Mm -hmm. and picked up the offense. And you put him with his back against the wall and said, you have to focus for two days. And we saw some elite play from him. Um, the, the problem is getting that consistency out of him. Would would you disagree with that? Because he, I, I still oh, think he's, he's a very talented player. That's the thing is he has the talent. He just needs to cut back on some of the mental mistakes and the unforced plays and just play within himself. Because I think if he can do that and just be a little bit more consistent, I'm not saying he's a franchise quarterback, but he certainly isn't a bottom, you know, he he's not a bottom five starter in the league. Just be a little bit more consistent, Baker, and I think everything will be fine. No, and it's one thing to say that a guy has talent. It's another thing when a guy not only has talent, but has had success in the NFL. You know, he had a pretty doggone rookie year, good rookie year in 2018. He took the Browns uh, to the playoffs. Uh, they beat Pittsburgh, you know, and then wasn't that a road game? I think it was. They it beat was. him at uh, Heinz. And then in they 2020. Played yeah. yeah, and then they played Kansas City. We saw what he did with the Rams coming in on short notice like that. We have data that shows uh, that he bum. can play. Right. No, it's, it's not a problem. Thank you for Rocky three was on uh, yeah, the other day. Right. I know that's your that's your favorite. Right. I believe that's your favorite. Yeah. I mean, it depends on the day. Rocky three and Rocky four. I can go back and forth. Uh, you know, fun fact, uh, you know, the song of uh, whatever's called Do the I best the or whatever. No, no, no. In Karate Kid. You're the best. Yeah, you're the best. Yeah. You know, that was originally written for Rocky three. Yeah, and, and they, they didn't get the yeah. rights to it. They had to go with Eye of the Tiger Sloan instead. Went, Sloan went with Survivor. Okay. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, I might have had a Survivor tape. All right, let's go to number two. We talked tape. about this. We don't, right, we don't need to spend. What's that? A tape, not a CD. You might have had the tape. That just Listen, showed well, your age then I, la- I later, I later bought the CD. Listen, I've had cars with AM, FM, cassette. Okay, so just back it's off. Five. All right. Five. Uh, we talked number two. I'm just going to spill the beans here. It's the Colts. If you're not watching uh video here on Brinks or believe I, you know, we talked a lot about the finances, of the running back. So let's not rehash that. Let's just no. kind of focus on what Jonathan Taylor brings to this team 
uh, on the football field. Not a big pass catcher, explosive running back. Would you put him top three? Oh yeah. Yeah. As a pure runner. Absolutely. I mean, he's so dynamic. He's got, he's one of the few running backs in the league that has power and breakaway speed. Uh, What we saw him do in the 2021 season was incredible. What I'm curious here, Elliot is what do the Colts do in the meantime, while they're figuring out this Jonathan Taylor situation, because if you look at the running back depth chart, their primary backup was Zach Moss, who Mm -hmm. was drafted by Buffalo. Mm -hmm. He broke his arm the other day, needed surgery. He's going to be out. I think they said eight to 10 weeks. So he's not an option. Okay. Their next running back is Jake Funk. Who's really like an H back. who yep. was with the Rams undrafted free agent. And then Evan Hall, another, you know, one of these hybrid running back fullbacks from Northwestern, a fifth round pick. There's nothing there. Like there's absolutely nothing in terms of talent at the running back position. Do the Colts have to go out and sign somebody? Do Does this make them a little bit more open to giving Jonathan Taylor a contract? I should also mention there was a report today. He's still having trouble standing up because of his back. Like there's some, there's some stuff going on with his lower back, according to some of the reporters at The Athletic. How does that factor in with some of the contract stuff? I, I don't know, but the Colts seem like they're in really bad shape here at running back. All right, I got a thought and a question for you. Uh, My thought is that if whoever plays for the Colts really struggles, that's going to be great for uh, what you and I debated on our podcast yesterday, as well as, uh, you know, the the entire situation that running backs are feeling right now, because you will very clearly see that disparity. And I think that's what people haven't been seeing. My question for you is, who's the best running back on the street right now? I mean, it's Dalvin Cook is the best, right? But after Dalvin Cook, I would lean Leonard Fournette just because of what he can do as a receiver. And I think mm-hmm. that role at least translates a little bit for most teams, but it might be Kareem Hunt, but Kareem Hunt has his own issues going on. There's some teams that just will never sign Kareem Hunt because of some of the the off-the-field issues that he's had. The running back market is not great in free agency right now. Yeah, I'm going to circle back to this in just a second. I want to get to our number one story because I do have a, a question when I look, I got to plug Marcus's work. You guys realize I'm contractually obligated here. Uh, he gets $10 every time he says where I work. It's yeah. Fine. Yeah. But you get delicious jams and jellies from yes, my brother. Sure. So I think you win on that deal. Uh, all right. So uh, number one story is the Cincinnati Bengals. And uh, this was another one that was quite worrisome at the time. I mean, it still is. I mean, it doesn't seem like. Joe Burrow's in any danger of missing like multiple regular season games. He might be out for week one. And even that's a stretch. Like by all accounts, it seems like he's going to be ready, but how long is this calf injury going to hamper him? Right. Is it going to make him less mobile in the pocket? Because I thought that was one of his best strengths last year is his ability to manipulate the pocket, move around a little bit. These calf injuries can be tricky. Is this something that's going to linger for months? And if it is, how much does that impact the Bengals Super Bowl chances? There are just certain kinds of injuries if you've played sports that that just have, I call it a creative timetable. And you don't know, you, you, you know, for example, if you take like arthroscopic knee surgery, the, the table timetable with that is pretty consistent. But there are other injuries. I'll just use one, a groin injury for a running back. It's really difficult rece- yeah, for a yes, receiver, for, right? For a receiver, the calf with a quarterback Even it's changed a little bit. It used to be all the quarterbacks are playing under center. Marcus, they would take a three, a five, or a seven-step drop. If they're right-handed, they go bop, 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 and then back on the right foot. 
they plant and then they step on their left, you know, off the left foot and they throw that right foot. When you plant, that's a lot of pressure on that muscle, on the soleus, mm -hmm. on the calf. Um, and so I, it's just not an easy thing. Now, now that they're in the shotgun, there's not as much of that pronounced kind of drop back, but they still have to plant on their back foot and then throw on their front foot. It's a lot of pressure on those muscles. Why not just be extra cautious here? And if he's not a thousand percent ready for week one, play your backup. And if you take an L on week one, you take an L. I think they're going to do that. I, I, they're, we're not going to see Burrow in the preseason. I'm just going to tell you that right now. But there is going to be a point where Burrow's not a hundred percent, and he's going to have to be out there though. Like they just can't wait. Because if you wait for this calf to be 100% healthy, you're, it's, it's not going to happen until October, maybe even November. Like That's how long these things linger. At some point, Burrow's just going to have to figure out how to play with a bad calf. My hope is, though, that if it is, if it is steadily improving and he's starting to feel great, don't rush him back. Don't yeah. It's okay to start one. Didn't the Bengals lose their opener to Pittsburgh last year? Yeah, then they lost in week yeah. two to Cooper Rush and the Cowboys. I think they start they started yeah. 0 2. I don't they might have started 0 3. Boy, that really, really hurt them, didn't they? Yeah, I remember the Cooper Rush game. I remember you gave Cooper Rush no credit. Um, yeah, okay. So you you see our <laughs> you see our headlines here. So we we had the the Chiefs uh with their situation with Kadarius Tony, the 49ers, Trey Lance, and uh it, it brought Purdy not playing very well. With the Packers, we're not really getting any news out of Jordan Love or out of Packers camp about anything. With the Jets, Aaron Rodgers takes the huge, huge pay cut. And Marcus and I think they're going for somebody uh, big for the Miami Dolphins. How do they mitigate Jalen Ramsey? Still one of the better defenders in the league. Uh, his injury was a big acquisition for them. Number three, there's actually a quarterback battle in Tampa Bay. Number two, Jonathan Taylor. And if you want more on running backs and how that's all going, listen to yesterday's podcast. It's kind of a business and pro football podcast. And then number one, uh, Joe Burrow and his calf injury and how the Bengals manage that. Now, what I wanted to ask you circling back to Jonathan Taylor is you do locked on dynasty. There's so many fantasy drafts going on right now. Mm -hmm. How the heck at where, I mean, Jonathan Taylor is a high pick. How do you know where to draft Jonathan Taylor given this situation? That's got to be one of the toughest decisions in fantasy, right? I did a draft this morning when I was on the treadmill, which is a lot of fun to go through uh, underdog fantasy. Uh, and Jonathan Taylor, up until last week or you know about ten days ago, was going right around the one-two turn. You know, like pick twelve, pick thirteen. In mm -hmm. this draft, he fell all the way to the mid part of the third round, and I think Jeez. people are just so scared off of. He's still not healthy from the foot injury. Now he's got the back injury. Is he even going to report by week one? Are the coaches going to put him on an NFI all year and just have his contract roll over to next year? I, I don't know. It, it's He is a scary, scary player to draft. Yeah, when Marcus says mid-third round, most fantasy leagues, if you don't play fantasy or 12-team leagues, mid-third round, you're looking around the 30th, 31st pick. Yeah. That's at Let's just put it this way. If you got a Jonathan Taylor for 14 games at 30th first overall, that it would be a massive bargain and you're well, probably winning your fantasy league. I'll, I'll give you the, the player that went right next to him in this draft. It was Ramondre Stevenson for the Patriots who caught a bunch of passes last year. He's the workhorse guy in New England. And I was on the clock a couple picks later and I was going to take Stevenson ahead of Taylor. Yeah. And I understand. I actually think Stevenson could end up going higher, though, don't yeah. you? I mean, I, I, I think, think so. he's going to score touchdowns. He's going to catch the ball. I'm actually surprised 
that he was going that low and not like in the late twenties. Uh, so but look, look, this is already too much fantasy talk for this podcast, but I was just curious as we were going over that, because look, here's the bottom line. We talked about a lot of quarterbacks uh, in this news rundown. We finished with burrow, but the thing is in fantasy, most quarterbacks don't go high. People yeah. are more than willing to wait on getting a good quarterback what in the eighth round or whatever market even later yeah. even later yeah. than that no. yeah they don't need to do it so um there i know some people that stream quarterbacks you know mm -hmm. and they're they're just plucking a guy off the waiver wire because they want the rest of their lineup to be really good so anyway by the way if you want marcus's uh take on these kind of things listen to locked on fantasy but as always i give you the floor for the final thought what do you got I'm so excited that we have preseason football on Thursday. And I know you're not going to watch it because you hate preseason football. But let me tell you, I am excited for Jets-Browns Hall of Fame game because I want to see a lot of Zach Wilson. I want to see what Zach Wilson looks like now that he is not a, a starter. He's the third or he's the second string quarterback going into his third year. Does it does he just play like he did at BYU where he's much more relaxed, not overthinking? I'm actually excited for preseason football, Elliot. Well, you know, your your final thought just made me uh, want to just ask you a little follow-up question. How how looking for how excited are you about the Browns? We've talked about them, but I don't feel like anyone's really, you know, the the team nobody's talking about. I feel like that might be the good team nobody's talking about. And I think there's some reasons, right? I, I think some people are hesitant to, first of all, hype up the Browns because of their track history and because of who's at quarterback for them right now. But We've been kind of in on the Browns for a while. We, we really like the offensive line. We like the playmakers. The defense should be better with Jim Schwartz. Browns, a little bit of sneaky potential in the AFC. Listen, if you need a great NFL uh, history game to watch, Browns-Jets, 1986, one of the best playoff games I've ever seen. If you just want to put something on your computer while you're doing laundry or whatever, just don't stub your pinky toe because it's going to adjust the way you walk when you're doing your laundry. So just take your time going around the turn, okay? Uh, and also make sure you hang out your darks. If you dry them in the dryer, they get all faded. Like the shirt Marcus is wearing right now. You don't want yeah. that. Yeah. I'm well, kidding. I don't do the laundry. So blame my wife. <laughs> oh. oh boy. Yeah. We better leave on that comment. Uh, yes, Marcus, you can get more takes like that. Really nice takes. Uh, on Locked On Cowboys, he hosts that with Landon McCool. Give Landon a follow. Also, Marcus covers the Raiders for USA Today. Raiders Wire, and he writes for ProFootballFocus.com. He is at Marcus underscore Mosher on Twitter. I'm at Harrison at uh, NFL on Twitter. We thank the good folks at Believe. We thank the good folks at Brinks. And we thank Bet Online. And we thank all of you guys, really, everybody. Thank you, and have a great, great week. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. 